the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the date day edition of the program from a very, very wet and hard, rainy Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering Bible questions or life questions, whatever is on your heart or mind. We need you to call. You make the program interesting. Uh, All you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app if you're driving in your car. And I don't know if it's raining in San Antonio or not. If it is a little bit, then the safest way to do it is use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, Just hit the call now banner at the top of your screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. You're going to hear some noises in the background. We're in a strange place. It's not like a a studio that we can protect. So uh, bear with us through this. We're grateful that we got connected and we're here. So Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you. So, yeah, we're in Houston and um, we're in a very beautiful place. Uh, Sam is our driver as well as our producer, and he got us here safely. I can go to sleep in the car because I trust him so much. He's so aware of the surroundings, and I'm, I'm just really thankful to the Lord for him. Um, today, just not really quite knowing what I wanted to talk about, I do have a note that I, I made for myself um, that another one of the ladies from church this week, on Monday night actually, said that she has been praying that the Lord would make her a more attentive listener because she's always thinking about so many things. She's got so much going on, and um, she wants to sit and listen to the messages when she comes to church. And and, uh, I told her, I said, I've been trying to pray that. I mean, I've been praying that, too, that I would be uh, a much better listener. Uh, And uh, it it was, she was very excited that I had listened to her and was making um, an effort to uh, join her in her prayer. And... um, we're both trying to be better, attentive listeners. So, Okay, Paul, before we, we go any further, we've got an anonymous caller holding on the line. So let's get him okay. and we can get our thoughts together. Uh, anonymous, thank you for calling. You're on the air. All right, Pastor Ron. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. We arrived safe in Houston, so that's good. <laughs> All right, Pastor. Thank you for this, sir. 
Um, I have a question uh, in regards to the rapture. Um, in terms of what happens, and when we get to uh, when we get to heaven, if you could explain in detail what what heaven's like, what we'll be doing up there. I, I know something something that says it like that we'll be serving him, but I like to know what what we'll be doing. How busy or whatever we'll be doing, whatever we'll be doing, you can explain that to me and I'll listen to you on the radio. Thank you, Anonymous. I appreciate it. Any chance I get to talk about the rapture, I'm absolutely thrilled. I don't know why, Paula, but the rapture has sort of gone out of vogue uh, in much of the church. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's all going to pan out in the end. But it matters a great deal. It matters to me. That's my <laughs> preferred mode of transportation yeah. to yeah. heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Yeah, but Anonymous, what's going to happen? Um, um, the, the trumpet call of God. Now, that's not a literal trumpet, but it's it's a call to readiness. We're going to hear it all over the world, and instantly we're going to be transformed. And our lowly bodies in this physical condition are going to be transformed to be like His glorious resurrected body. We're going to be exactly like Him. And in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye, that's how quick it is, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, there's a lot of things that are going to happen at that time. Um, that, that's a period of time of seven years according to earth. Now, I say according to earth because, frankly, uh, we're going to go outside of time and space. So as earth counts time, we'll be with Jesus for seven years. That's going to be the wedding supper of the Lamb. That's when he invites us in to see this glorious wedding banquet that he's prepared for us. It's, it's when we look into that face, shining like the sun in all of its brilliance, and, and suddenly um, we understand for the very first time just how much he loved us. And um, a banquet, you know, we think seven years is too long for a banquet. We won't be disinterested for even a second because I think what's going to be happening in that time is we're going to be celebrating his goodness. We're going to be worshiping him. He's going to be uh, unfolding mysteries to us. I think the questions that we all have, you know, we've got that question. If if I have one question to ask Jesus, it's going to be this. I think all of those answers will be made clear. And we're going to spend that seven years celebrating his goodness, but our blessing as a result of his goodness and his love for us. And there won't be one thing um, that, that, that we won't know or understand. And he'll be unfolding those mysteries to us. Now, all the while, and I want to make this a little bit sober here, because while we're up there at our wedding banquet, uh, we're going to be judged for rewards, not judged for salvation because that's already been taken care of, but judged for rewards. We're going to receive our crowns of righteousness. Uh, we're going to lose some rewards. Those things, First Corinthians chapter 3, Romans chapter 12, uh, we're, we're going to be in that place where we're going to look at him and, and he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Every man, every woman will receive their reward from from the Lord. So, All the while on earth, the greatest tragedy in the history of our planet is going to be taking place. As the great tribulation begins and God's judgments, his wrath is poured out on a Christ-rejecting world, God is going to begin the process of judging and then cleansing this world in preparation for his return. Now, Anonymous, at the end of the seven years... We're going to come back with him. Revelation chapter 19 is where you can read about this. And we're going to come back with him. And he's going to destroy his enemies with a word. And then there's going to be another supper of God. It's when he calls all of the birds of the air together to kind of cleanse the land, the the carcasses that are left all over the world from the death and destruction are going to be picked clean and the earth then is going to be prepared for Jesus' return to rule and reign for a thousand years. Now it's in that thousand years that we're going to be serving him. We don't know what kind of service. The Bible doesn't speak about it at all. Uh, But we know we're going to serve him. We're going to rule and reign with him. That indicates that we're going to have some uh, uh, role to play in, in terms of judging those who rebel against God. Uh, The earth will be better and restored, but certainly not renewed, not cleansed completely. 
and as I said, there will still be sin and, and will be instruments of, of God's justice. And I, again, there's no detailed explanation of what that's like. Uh, I think, Anonymous, what's happened in our world is we've, we've so popularized the idea of floating around on clouds in heaven and watching angels play harps that we think, well, it's going to be boring to do that forever and ever and ever. There won't be one moment where we will be bored. Imagine when Jesus calls us together for a Bible study. Imagine that. You remember the realized it was him, and then they looked at one another and said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he explained the scriptures to us? That's going to be what happens all the time. And I think mystery after mystery after mystery after mystery is going to be uh, is going to unfold before our eyes, and we will be thrilled, and every single day we're going to fall on our faces and proclaim the glory of God. Paula, what are you looking most forward to in heaven? Well, I've been kind of being silly about it, um, other than Jesus saying, you know, enter in. Um, there's some things, you know, in this world now that I'm gluten-free, so here's my silly part. Um, you know, Jesus is going to look at me, and, and you know, I'm, I'm precious to him, and he's going to say, hi, precious. And after we hug and stuff, then from behind his back, he's going to, present me with a loaf of French bread. Hot French hot bread French with bread butter. With a lot of butter on it. <laughs> Here, baby, you know, just go ahead. And then right when I'm finished with that, the other hand will come around and it'll have uh, pecan pie. <laughs> Not gluten-free. <laughs> just, and, and then he and I will just celebrate and then I'll know for sure that I'm precious. But uh, what's, the, what's the not silly part? The not silly part is that when he says, you know, how beautiful you are, my darling, I've been watching you your whole life, and I saw you as just a precious jewel, and, and just come sit with me forever. I think that's, that's what I want, just that closeness and no more of this stuff in this world. And yeah, that he's going to show me all the stars, and I like flowers, and I don't know all the names of them, um, but all the different colors. I know there's not going to be fish, no sea, but, you know, there are so many beautiful fish. I know I won't miss them, but just maybe he'll show me some stuff that I really wanted to see a little bit better. But, yeah, no, just him looking into those eyes. And having him say, I'm so glad you're here. Not saying, oh, you made it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Now, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, anonymous, and for you too, Paula, for me, um, you know, I've been dealing with people's sin and people's pain for 24 and a half years as the pastor of our church. And that there's no end to the pain. And we humans don't do the things that that God says, if you do these things, they're steady last night, then then your light will be like the, the dawn of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the best part for me about, about being with Jesus forever is no more pain, no more sin, nothing impure mm-hmm. will ever enter in. There will be no darkness. Um, the Lamb himself will be the light of heaven, there won't be a need for a sun or for a moon, um, and uh, just just it's unimaginable for us. But not to get up in the morning and say, "Ouch!" because we live in a fallen world and our bodies are are are, are fading away. Um, not to get up and have evil thoughts, whether they're planted by the devil or they come out of our own hearts. Uh, not to be, and this is a big one for me, not to be competitive. Or protective of self, but instead simply to say, Jesus, I'm just like you. It's what I always wanted to be. And I think that's the answer, Paula, to uh, my prayers for the day I got saved. Lord, I want to be more like you every single day. And in this particular moment that we're talking about, mm-hmm. we're going to be just like him. We're not going to be God, mm-hmm. but we're going to be just like him. Mm-hmm. And there's no more internal struggles. 
There's no more envy, no more jealousy, no more ugly pride. Just us and Jesus together. Anonymous, thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk about that. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Okay, Paula, now we can go. You know, sometimes these anonymous callers, uh, anonymous who just pass around answer that question, it'd be really cool to meet you. And your anonymity will be, you know, disclosed, but it'd be really cool to meet you one day. So God bless you. And now I'm not just talking when we get to heaven either. <laughs> um, so why are we here in Houston? Well, we're here at the Texas and Oklahoma Calvary Chapel Pastors Conference. And um, we get together twice a year, Houston and then uh, Dallas Plano area. And um, this time, you are going to be ordaining three of your guys uh, in in our region. And uh, that's always exciting. More churches teaching God's Word, more opportunities for people to get saved, and that last one could get saved, and then <laughs> the rapture, which we're, what we're talking about. But for um, the, the theme of this one is refuel. And um, it's from Isaiah forty twenty nine through 31, where it says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. And isn't that great to know? We were just talking to one of the ladies here, and she said, um, Oh, man, we're getting old, huh? And we're like, Yeah, we're getting old. And then I looked at her, I was like, You're not that old. She goes, I'm in the 60s club. I said, Well... Huh, guess you are. But anyway, <laughs> it's nice to know that even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find, it says, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And so um, we're here to encourage and be encouraged um, to get refueled. And the way we do that is to trust in the Lord with everything, more of us. Um, and, and, and it's his promise that we will find new strength when we submit and surrender to him. And, um, you know, my favorite scripture, my favorite chapter is Isaiah 54. And in there it says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is, the, he is called the God of all the earth. And so my, my husband has good qualifications. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, and then he also knows me intimately, hence the pecan pie. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but it, it fits. He knows me intimately. And, and like you said, there'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more pain, all that stuff. You won't be tired. But I tell you what, um, I'm going to tell the ladies, because my, my topic is refuel your marriage. And I'm going to, as I um, encourage, get myself encouraged, I'm going to tell the ladies to fall back in love with Jesus um, more than you ever, ever have um, and you're going to hear him say, you are altogether beautiful. There is no flaw in you, even though that's all we, we see. Um, but that, remember that's who That's what I told is. Carlton yesterday in the program. I loved Carlton's call. And Carlton, I was at home, too, saying, um, you know, I'm so sorry about the loss of your wife. And, and um, I just can't imagine uh, how your life must be after so long to be without her. And yet, um, you know that Jesus is right there with you. And, and you are so encouraging to, I know, me, and for so, so many. And Pastor Ron hasn't stopped talking about you, even last night as we left church. He goes, I feel like I, oh, before we went to church, he says, I feel like I know him already. He just touched my heart so deeply. Um, and so thank you. But yeah, that Jesus knows us so intimately. And he wants us to draw ever closer to him. And so this refueling of 
whatever anybody else's topic is, but for me in particular, refueling your marriage. And, and that's because you're, you're speaking to pastor's wives. I'm speaking to wives. To, to legit. Uh-huh. All the ladies, uh, whether the pastor's wives, uh, elders, leadership wives, or whoever shows up, um, you know, being in the ministry, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them, uh, that sometimes we're so connected to it all that it's just too much. Um, my phone, now that we have these phones, um, you, you can hardly take a breath without there being another thing that just comes up. And, and I, was, I was asking myself this question. Do you think Paul learned the secret of being content because he had time to... <laughs> take in what was happening. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a TV. He didn't have any of that stuff that just keeps you, you know, people just stay on the news, you know, all this information that just overwhelms. And then the TV shows just show what real life is happening. I mean, man, it's the movies we that are out now. We can hardly go to a movie because the reality of this world is on a big screen for us all to see. It's just too much. And so um, we need to disconnect. Uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, before, I'll say this, before when I just had the phone that was connected and you had the, what do you call the answering machine? Well, people who were going to be my real friends, I would say, look, Ronnie's for work at such and such a time and he gets home at this time. Once he leaves and before he comes home, we can we can call and we can be in contact. But once he gets home, you don't know me because I need to pay more attention. I need to pay better attention. And I think what happens is we get so um, busy. And for me, as the quote-unquote pastor's wife, um, you know, I'm going to tell these ladies that their husbands need them, not the kids' mom. This is what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, not daddy's little girl, nor mama's baby, not even the church mom. And that's where I I, I am, because everybody calls me Mama Paula. I'm a lot, yeah, first lady. I'm not, uh, I'm Mama Paula, but that shouldn't be my priority, um, that my husband really needs me and who's a priority. And so I got to remember to why um, that marriage was so important um, and not my role as anything else, um, but to come back to why I fell in love with this guy in the first place and to... Um, Maybe we start over again sometimes, and you just got to refuel. So I started leaving my phone, not so much. Remember, he's already told you that I, I, I took the phone off of my nightstand in the bedroom through the night because you could still hear the zzz, you know, and the light comes on, and in the middle of the night, I'm checking my phone. It's like, oh, no, not another thing, you know, because it's a decent time somewhere in the world. But now I put my phone in the office once once he's home, and so... For you who are my friends, if it's a real emergency, call Ron's phone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I just need to disconnect because it's just too much sometimes. And I think people, women in particular, who are married to leadership guys, um, we can get overwhelmed. And I feel right right now that I might be a little overwhelmed. Just so much is going on. Question. We've only got three minutes, just under three minutes okay. for this half. When, when you were talking, you said, I'm quote, unquote, so-called pastor's wife. Why did you say that? Oh, not quote, unquote, pastor's wife. I should say, quote, unquote, Mama Paula, pastor's wife. Um, I'm just everybody that everybody, you know, and that's okay. But first and foremost, I'm not just pastor's wife. Um, your wife, and I need to um, make that once again the biggest priority. So, okay. I'm going to tell the ladies that because we forget we get a we get a, a baby, 
you know, and the baby becomes the priority. Uh, we get a new house. We get some freedom. I don't know, and, and stuff can be the priority. I was, I'm going to share with them not to become like the Shulamite maiden where, you know, it was all lovey-dovey and, oh, I'm with my boyfriend kind of thing, and I'm kind of like that at times. And then, you know, as life goes on and things get difficult, she's like, oh, man, I already, I already took my shower. I put my robe on. got my slippers on. we got to go again, you know? <laughs> and he's all ready to go, and, and she's like, well, not, no, no, not today. Paula, we're about out of time for this half. I think on the other side of the half, uh, other side of the break, uh-huh. uh, let's talk about just the general refueling churches and pastors okay. and people and okay. and all of that. Then anything else that you've got okay. uh, on your heart, we'll do that as well. But it's an important idea. So you can hear the music. We are at the end of the first half of the date day edition of the program. Um, we are in rainy Houston, Texas. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about why on the other side of the break. Uh, All we need you to do is call us with your questions at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show with beautiful Paula live in a studio in Houston, Texas with us. You know, Paula, one of the things I thought that we might share um, uh, the idea of refueling at a pastor's conference. Uh, there are people, they're wrong, but there are people who think, well, pastors don't need refueling. They're the ones who are giving us the, the refueling. Um, but but we go through um, stuff just like everybody else. And especially when you've been doing something for such a long time, it's easy to get into routines. It's easy to, to sort of put it on cruise control. Instead of depending entirely on the Lord as you did when you when you needed to, I personally think that's why God keeps us in a place of need all the time, um, because He knows that we need to to be in contact with Him, and the idea of refueling uh, doesn't just apply in the marriage. Paul is talking to wives, pastors' wives uh, on Saturday about their marriages, but the same thing is true in churches as well. Paula, as you think about refueling in our church. And let's just talk about Calvary Chapel San Antonio because that's what we know. It's who we are. Um, What do you see as the biggest danger to our churches walk following Jesus? Um, Why is it necessary for us to be refueled as a church body? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, because we've been here 24 years we kind of know what we're doing we think anyway when when for instance somebody comes in and uh they're not saved we all have like radar and we're going to go and and get them and we're going to tell them the right scriptures and we're going to give them uh like examples of other people who have come through stuff but it's just kind of, this is what to do. And I think a lot of us uh, have forgotten that it's the power of the Lord. It's um, doing things his way, not just, I'm going to say a quick prayer for you and now go and be well. Um, I think we've gotten to the place where we know what to do and what to say. But are we doing it in the power of the Spirit? I think that's a huge one. I think sometimes uh, we all want to do the right thing. But I think too often we want to do the right thing our way instead of remembering that everything that we do has to be done his way. He is the head of the church. He's the one who calls the shots. And we don't ever get a vote. We shouldn't have an opinion. And just because something works in another church, and it's one of the, the, the ills of our church culture, um, we've got these marketing experts who say, well, this works and this doesn't work, so do this and don't do that. When in reality, uh, Paula, every 
pastor uh, is responsible to make sure his church is doing what God has called him to do. Uh, the vision that God has given us for a particular church, that's the vision that needs to be fulfilled. And it's not just about putting um, rear ends in the seats. It's not just about how much money you get in an offering um, uh, throughout the year. It's not how you appear on the outside to others, but it's are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you doing the way he's called you to do it? And are you trusting in him for the result? Even when at times it appears that, that, that the results aren't what you expected them to be. You know, Paul, I think about uh, Jesus talking to the church at Laodicea, uh, the lukewarm church, and telling them, and this is almost impossible to, to deal with, but, but I'd rather you be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And that was a church who had grown complacent. They said they were rich. They said they have no need. They said everything was great. And Laodicea, Laodicea was a wealthy city. And from the outside looking in, you look at that church and say, wow, that church has been blessed by God. And, and yet the Lord told them, you say all those things, but I say you're poor and pitiful and wretched and blind and naked. I counsel you to buy salve, healing salve, salve uh, that, that, that had medicinal properties uh, was the, the primary um, um, business in Laodicea. And he said, basically, use your own stuff to get well, because as it stands right now, you're misrepresenting me. You're not doing what you're supposed to do, and you're not doing it the way I want you to do. So uh, at least just this one pastor, um, the, the idea of refueling is simply to make sure that Jesus is in charge every day, not just generally or not just overseeing, but literally Jesus is the one that, that's giving orders. And because you know this, Paula, um, you know, we have we have done things for a long time uh, and, and God's always seemingly adding to our plate a little bit. And there's times we think, well, we can't do one more thing. And then the Lord says, but remember what we've already done together. Take this step of faith. And, and I haven't got the freedom to say, but it doesn't make sense or we don't have the money. And and I think it's necessary to refuel um, when you find yourself trying to take over control of the church uh, from Jesus, who is the head of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking last night before you started the study. You went to Jonah chapter 3, and um, you said, uh, after a, a while before the introduction thing, you said, we've grown comfortable in our staleness just going through the motions. And that was a call to refuel, you know, like a, like a, we're, we're like a, how we used to get in our car when we didn't have any money for gas and we would go downhill. (laughs) We'd go downhill. Fine. That's the easy part. But having no money and no gas to go uphill, we made it a couple of times, but that was only because we were like, please, Lord. I remember coming from work several times. Please get me home. The thing had been on E for a while. <laughs> and I was like, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. And he got me home. I never was stranded on the freeway or anything. But I think the refueling, can you imagine a plane, you know, we hear it on some some TV shows or movies sputtering because they don't have enough gas. You know, it's like, well, we may be right there sputtering out. And yet if we will call on the Lord, he will help us to land safely, (laughs) help us to turn to him. Um, He says, if you will return to me and rest in me, then you will be saved. Mm. And that's in Isaiah, I think 30 somewhere. Uh, we'll, we'll take a phone call in just a moment, Paula, but let me share a, a very quick story. Um, when we were called to San Antonio, never having been to Texas, didn't know anybody in Texas, um, Texas was like China to us. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was that far away and that strange. And we had no money at all. We knew God told us to leave. He gave us the date to leave. We actually left on Easter Sunday uh, in, in 1995. Mm-hmm. And um, um, uh, as we were getting closer to that date, 
and no money at all. I said, well, Paula, we've got to, we've got to make a decision here. What if we have no money? All we have is, is a full tank of gas, but we have no money. What are we going to do? And you looked at me and you said, well, if we run out of gas, we'll just wait for Jesus to meet us where we ran out of gas. And that's when I knew we were ready to come. And, you know, you talk about sputtering. The Lord has had us sputtering every day for 24 and a half years. Uh, you know, every once in a while we'll get a little bit ahead of the game financially. And, and we think, wow, this feels so good. Thank you, Lord. No pressure. Praise God. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, but but then, then things happen. You, you, giving stops. Whatever the... And it's so tempting to take over from the Lord and say, well, well okay, Lord, but I'm just going to let people know what we have need of. And, and you know, it's, it's that kind of refueling we need. We, we need to remain desperate. And desperate is a place a lot of us don't like to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll just speak for pastors. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather be uh, rich, fat, and happy and, and have other problems. Uh, and then I think, well, wait a minute. If, if finances aren't a major burden, mm-hmm. something else will be. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take the money. Yeah, remember, you said this because you went from financial burden and then you had health burden. It's like, you know, like, because right after you were doing Job is when we had the health issues. You're like, oh, uh, not the health issues. Yeah. I'd rather be poor. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Jeff on line one. Jeff, thanks for holding your on the air. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Paula. Hi, Jeff. How are you, Jeff? So... So not only did I never knew you left on Easter Sunday, I don't I think I missed that part that God actually told you the date. But then you got here and you couldn't find an apartment for the longest time, right? Because you didn't have a job. <laughs> I thought if I had money that that would be enough. But we 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 had you know Jeff when we got here, we had twenty eight hundred dollars, and we got here during Fiesta. Now we didn't know Fiesta from anything else in the world. And, and it, we couldn't find a hotel. The hotel rooms were much more expensive. It was $100 a day. And this is 1995, $100 a day. And we had a big old dog, and some of the hotels wouldn't allow him. And I just thought, you know, Lord, I can do math. We got $2,800, $100 a day. We're going to be gone in 28 days unless you do something. We need to find an apartment. And um, um, nobody would rent to me at the beginning because... I didn't have a job. Well, what's your job? I'm a pastor. Where's your church? Uh, I don't know yet. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's waiting on the Lord and those kinds of things to show himself. Uh, and, he, and he's done that repeatedly for us over the years. Sorry to butt in, Jeff. Oh, no, that's no butt in at all. I love it. Um, I just want Mama Paula to know that um, Veronica's at the grocery store right now, and I just called her and asked her to bring home some French bread for us. And uh, that's just so... That's so wrong of you, man. That is so unlike Jesus right there. You inspired it. Pastor Ron, your, your, your Bible study last night in Isaiah 58, um, you made one statement that really shook me up for a few minutes. And that's when you said that we're we're content in our staleness, mm-hmm. and and how you know we want how what we you know the whole fasting piece and getting through to the the then. And I I had not participated ever on those last three verses of Isaiah 58 for those promises. And wow, what a what a, a game changer that that chapter is in a lot of ways. Incredible. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Too. <laughs> Did you get pecan pie, too? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. God bless you. You know, Paula, one of the things that uh, I wanted to emphasize last night, you know, Isaiah is, is not a fun book to teach. Now, there's fun chapters. But it's not a fun book to teach because it's, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. In fact, as you read the Bible to me, you didn't even want to read. Didn't want sometimes. to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, do we have to read this today right now? I remember one time telling you, okay, we're going to do three chapters this week, so I need you to read these. You said, three chapters? I don't, I don't want to read three chapters. But, but I think Isaiah 58, I said last night, now this is just one opinion. 
But I think Isaiah chapter 58 is one of the pivotal chapters in all of our Bibles, uh, especially the Old Testament as it looks forward to what we enjoy, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Um, But it's pivotal because it demonstrates that things haven't changed at all in 5,000 years. Things simply haven't changed. Uh, man has always presumed upon uh, upon God through ritual or through uh, religious observances. Uh, that's what they were doing back then. And God says, look, uh, you fast uh, and you ask me questions. You demand justice. And then you cry out, why don't you? Yes, I'm fasting and why haven't you noticed? And God says, it's because you're doing what you want to do. You're doing things your own way instead of doing what I've told you to do. And and the Jews in in the time Isaiah was proclaiming this message, they were they were fasting a couple of times a week. By the way, something God didn't require of them. Uh, they were they were praying three times a day. They were enjoyed going to temple uh, and celebrating all the feasts and festivals because they made themselves the center of attention. And God says, "Excuse me, I'm the center of attention, and you're doing things your way." And Basically, what he said was, and he started the book of Isaiah off with this in chapter 1. Basically, what he was saying is, I hate your religious observances. My soul hates those things. And and here in the year 2019, we've still got people going to church because they think God is taking attendance. We've got people getting involved in ministry or giving a little bit because they think God is watching and I want to make God happy. We're doing it for all the wrong reasons, and that's why we grow content. And the result is our relationship with God dries up. We can't hear anything because, frankly, as he said last night, I'm simply not going to talk to you. Why should I talk to you when you're not doing what I've already told you to do? And um, I think in large part, um, that's the refueling that we all need um, every day, mm-hmm. every day. Thank, thank you, Jeff, for for saying that. I appreciate it very much. Let's go to Harold calling on line one from San Antonio. Harold, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron, Paula. Hi, Harold. Hi. I try to call on. Uh, hi, I try to call on a date night or date uh, show, and uh, you know, you've, you know, it's funny. I was thinking, I was driving home, and he uh, said date, and I think between the four of us, Paula, you, and me, and my wife, you know, Diana, <laughs> excuse me, I've had something called my throat, shouldn't have had that. And um, anyway, it's almost 100 years, and yet, you know, it's still the date show. And, you know, her birthday, my wife's birthday is today, actually, and it's oh. it seems to be a struggle sometimes. Yeah, we, you know, let me say it this way. Uh, in December, I'm going to be, we're both going to be 65. And... um you know, I tell her, I said, you know, it's, you know, it's what you all mentioned earlier. I think all of it, it's the thing that attracted us in the beginning. And sometimes it's hard to find or remember, but that's what keeps us going, I believe. And a lot of times on birthdays and stuff, we don't have the total finances we need. And we were driving to Walmart last night and I said, you know, sweetie, if you think about it, considering the whole year. Last year on your birthday, we managed to get a new car. Our son got married. You know, he has a wonderful wife, Cheyenne. He graduated, both of them, with their masters. And if you think about it, we're really doing pretty good. You know, just one particular day, you have to add up. I've had to learn to add up the whole year and say, you know, are we better off? Are we things a little bit better? And thank God for it. Because... um, you know, one day of happiness is not going to last more than 24 hours, you know. Yeah. I like to have it spread out towards the year anyway. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to share that. And it is about dating, and we're going to go to Bud Jones tonight, and she says, we've got to keep it cheap. We're always saying that. <laughs> we've got to keep it cheap. You know, we got to, she's always saying we've got to keep it cheap, you know. And so I said, okay, sweetie, we're keeping it cheap, and my son's going to, pick her up Saturday and they're going to do some painting with his wife and I said y'all go together you know that's you and your mother that's your quality time daddy don't need to be in the way and uh, stuff like that and, but anyway I just wanted to share that but it is about dating and uh, it's starting over sometimes not all the time but every every few months seems like 
we got to start over and get a hold of what's the good little things that are going on in life. It could be something mm-hmm. very simple. But anyway, thank you, Harold. I've sure Appreciate talked a lot. It. Maybe because I'm, at, <laughs> you know, relaxing instead of driving. But anyway, yeah, I'll talk to you later. You. Okay. Okay, Harold. God uh, bless you. Bye thank bye. you. Thank you, you know, Harold. What What Harold is doing, Paula, is he's refueling with gratitude. He's pulling up to the pump and not getting a regular premium. He's saying, "I, I want gratitude," mm-hmm. and and sometimes working to be grateful uh, makes a big, big difference. And that's what what Harold is sharing with us. Uh, Tom, sorry we lost you. Um, the lines are uh, empty now, so if you want to call right back, we can get your call on the air immediately. We've got about seven minutes left in the program. Paula? Well, of course you know my work, and we have this up on the screen right now, is has been reboot. And so that they they named this refuel is just God really knocking on the door of my heart saying, you know, I've been saying reboot, reboot, refuel, revisit, raise word the other day, revitalize, um, remember, return, repent, all of that, um, reset. There's a whole bunch of them um, for more than two years. And uh, it's kind of like, okay, Lord, okay, I want to be an attentive listener. And so um, that this is refuel uh, is... It just makes sense. And, yeah, just like uh, Harold saying, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, um, you got to kind of remember. got to kind of remember why we feel. I have that at the first and the, in the beginning. What attracted to you um, to him in the first place? And, and the first him is, of course, my Jesus. Did I, did I come to Jesus because I wanted to go to heaven and not go to hell? Or did I come to Jesus because he's good, he's nice, he wanted to forgive me of my sins. Um, But what attracted me to my earthly husband right off the bat was... I was stunningly cute. You know what? That's the first thing on my paper. Look right here. (laughs) He was cute. Uh, So that's that's true. Uh, But that he aggressively pursued me. And then after that, not even being saved, I heard this voice say, this is the one for life. What I really, really like about him, and I have to remember this sometimes, is he's smart, he's focused, and he goes to the root of the problem. And like you were saying, um, Harold, sometimes those things that you fell in love with can, after a while, kind of get a little irritating. But to remember, to go back and remember no, 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 that's why I fell in love with him in the first place. And the reason why the Lord said this is the one for life is that those things that attracted me to him in the first place are good for me. And so, yeah, we got to remember, go back. Don't lose the honeymoon. Um, and if only, well, both of us should be always and about, like you're saying, Harold, um, dating, keeping it, keeping it fresh. And so, yeah, if only one does it, then you do that. If the other does it and you're not, repent and get back in line. Um, but yeah, thank you. Paula, you, while you figure out how you want to spend the last three minutes of the program, let me say to people, and I'm not saying this because I think I'm great or I did a great job, but I think last night's Bible study was a really important one. Yes. And I believe that the Lord will speak to your heart. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can go to calvaryessay.com. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I talked too long, but at the same time, it really was um, an important message and I think would speak to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, Paula, you've got almost three minutes. i got three minutes. Well, I'm going to ask for prayer um, for this message, you know, as uh, the calls come in and you start going over these things, you think, oh, man, I'm glad this is coming about, Lord. I need this as much as anybody else. So um, I'm praising the Lord for that. But, you know, we did a we do marriage conferences elsewhere together. And here's some things that you said um, that I wrote down. You said. Remember what you fell, why you fell in love and stayed together. Okay. And, and I remember I wrote down, cute and hot only goes so far, um, <laughs> but, but precious, you know, valuable indeed to God. Secondly, 
Stop having expectations of changing one another. You change according to God's word. Whoa. And so, you know, we that's a refuel. Stop having expectations of changing the other, and you change according to God's word. And that's what you were saying even in the study last night. Um, it, uh, he was challenging people to ask God with an open, honest heart, why are you stale, or why are things um, going the way they're going, and, and why are you coming to church? Do you want to come to church just for friends and family, or do you want to hear from God to be changed? Um, and so if we're going to be changed, that should be the focus. And you keep saying this, I don't know how many studies now, is take personal responsibility, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, that was that was awesome. You also said this, appreciate the differences. There's no need to compete. We are to complement one another. And so um, I'm going to say that to the ladies as well. So we're we're going to be revived, reboot. We all need it, and I'm just really thankful that uh, they asked me to speak at this. Uh, for a while, I was like, oh, man, because you know you're going to have to go through a bunch of stuff when they ask you to do things, but you know what? I'm really happy. <laughs> hey, thank you for tuning in. You in San Antonio, if the weather is getting wet out there and I know it's going to get cold. Please be careful. Uh, we love you. We will be back live tomorrow, or I will be back live tomorrow with a guest um, here at the Pastors Conference in Houston on AM 630 The Word. God bless you. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.